It's the Seth Williams Show with Mike Kosoka. And here's your host, Seth Williams and Mike Kosoka. Welcome to a Wednesday night. Good evening or good afternoon, I should say. Welcome, Mike. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start the video. I'm gonna start the show with uh, some videos and stuff. I brought up for the show um, playing the national anthem as we get started every day. I was told that maybe it's too long, so I'm going to start with the new uh, national anthem as of Friday, or maybe as of Thursday, whenever uh, Title 42 ends. I mean, I, I think they had 10,000 uh, people come across and pass. Each day for the past two days. So the new national anthem beginning this week. Hermano cayó la ley. Está rodeada tu casa. cameras today in Texas that are showing humongous groups of dozens or hundreds of migrants walking right into the country. So I'm curious what you meant last week when you said the border is closed. Uh, the board, what I meant is um, uh, precisely that. The border is closed. Uh, we are expelling uh, single adults and families under the Title 42 authority that rests with uh, the Center for Disease Control. Hermano cayó la ley, está rodeada tu casa. Investigators have uncovered regarding the transfer of money from foreign entities to the Biden family. M many of the wire payments occurred while Joe Biden was vice president and leading the United States efforts in these countries. First instance, while Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter Biden and his associates capitalized on a lucrative financial relationship with the Romanian national who was under investigation for and later convicted of corruption in Romania, the Bidens received over $1 million for the deal, and 16 of the 17 payments to their associates account that funneled the Bidens' money occurred while Joe Biden was vice president. Hermano cayó la ley, está rodeada tu casa. Mantis presents Real Man! Of women's sports. Today we recognize the men who've hacked the system. Hacked the system. Once mediocre in the men's division, now cream of the crop in the women's. From mediocre to champion. You couldn't cut it with the boys, so you pushed women off the podium. Real men steal first place. Because without you, sports would be fair. Without you, women's sports would be for, well, women. 
Hermano, cayó la ley, está rodeada tu casa. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards for films? They make me vomit. Why? Because this is an art form. It's also a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. And what are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. And you have to let life be life. And I'm sorry, I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to. Well, that's the uh, the country we live in these days. You uh, cater to whatever. And uh, that's uh, the country we live in. So now, if you are going to win an Academy Award, you must um, make sure that your film contains certain groups. Um, and I, I guess that's the way it's going to be. Do you know anything Very, more about the video that you played than the clip? Very catchy. Um, the uh, the new national anthem for our country. Um, we'll so, start We'll um, start with the clip and work backwards. Good afternoon, Seth and Mike. Another great day. Glad to be here with you guys today. Good to see Welcome. you too, Nally. Or hear from you. Go yeah. ahead. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for your... Yeah, there are four, four ways that the um, criteria can be met uh, as set down by the um, Academy. Yes. And it deals with everything from um, uh, inclusion and representation in the foreign film PR departments overseas. Uh, there's also things about interns. There's things about... My point is, you don't have to actually change the cast. Yeah, it's, it's all shit. I... Couldn't agree with you more. Every single one of it. So I don't care how many interns or whatever you want to say. If you have to read 14 articles about it. Um, no, you, you shouldn't have any regulations on something like this. And okay. None. Zero. If you want to make a movie, you want to make art, go ahead and make it. Make what you want to make. I, I agree. You shouldn't have I mean, to include certain things. The sad People thing really is want to hear the song. I don't mean to interrupt, but people really want to hear the new... National anthem as of uh, next week. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but we keep getting texts about it. Hermano, cayó la ley. Está rodeada tu casa. Dogs are cute too. Um, Tony Massage will be joining us later in the show. The unfortunate part about Tony 
is that this point forward after today, it will be only Mexican restaurants that he's at because that's all that's going to be around. So Tony will only be at Mexican restaurants uh, for the next bunch of weeks. So looking forward to talking to Tony, though. So go ahead. Sorry. Richard Dreyfus. they're making movies now to be, get an Academy Award or be nominated or whatever. Uh, you have to have a certain bunch of minorities, either interns in the crew, cast, whatever, uh, to go ahead and do this. Okay. He uh, also talked about um, Lawrence Olivier being the last actor to play the part of Othello. Yes. And he actually played that part in blackface. Yes. So when it comes time to... It's called acting. It's called acting. Uh, Seth, I'm not making points that I'm unclear about or don't know anything about. So what I really would like to do is is say and start off with the fact that I don't think art should have any kind of uh, restraints put on it either. Okay. I don't think uh, that, uh, you know, what's his name? Daniel, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis did my left foot. Remember that movie? I do. And he did a hell of a job with that. Yes, he did. And I don't think that everybody should have said, well, wait a minute. The guy really wasn't handicapped in that regard. What's his name? This past uh, Brendan Fraser put on a fat suit and played a guy that weighed over 500 pounds. That's what acting is all about and always has been. Yes. But it gets a little murky when you try to please everybody that, you know, is tickled pink by the border song because there was a time when women weren't allowed on stage. And so for hundreds of years, all the parts of women in plays that all the way back to Shakespeare's days were played by young boys. And some of them, to keep their voices from changing, were castrated to keep their voice from changing. There have been all kinds of sick, twisted stuff done over the centuries. So, again, we seem to have this communication problem, you and I, sometimes. It's not a problem. With with you going back to the 1920s when you were born or whatever. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about today. Should they have restrictions on these movies? Should they mandate that certain amount of people, either are interns, actors, whatever, from my own minority things? When you're talking about an art form, you're talking about a film that's coming out. You hire the best that's involved. You hire the best of the people that are qualified. What, I mean, what are you talking right, about? I'm going to ask you something. Uh, the, the Americans with Disabilities Act too. What? What about it? The mere fact that there was a situation where people were building curbs, streets, roads, bridges, apartments, staircases, stores, and didn't give a shit about people being able to access them. So they stepped in and said, you got to put a ramp here. Nobody's telling nobody's telling these people that they can't do something. They're saying that the producer should have the right to do it when you're doing uh, a disability case, something like that, you're restricting people from doing from going into a building. 
No, you're There's asking. No, you're forcing you're asking. You're That's a completely different thing. I'm asking about the movies and art form. And I completely understand that. It's a totally different situation. You know that. I mean, you're not stupid. I know. Thank you. You were a lawyer at some point. Thank you do you. know how to actually have an argument and give an actual point as opposed to comparing apples and oranges. I refuse to sit here and 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 say that the world began five years ago. There isn't a damn thing that we touch, that we read, that we study, that we feel that either hasn't been designed and manipulated from years and years and years ago, or as a byproduct. Then get a podcast where you can go ahead and put John F. Kennedy up every 10 minutes. Uh, do awards still matter to anyone? I'm not doing it every 10 minutes. I saw that the MTV Movie Awards were, have mercifully been canceled. Do people really see movies because it got cel a celebrated Hollywood trinket? Um, I don't, I mean, they were on the other night, Chris. I, I, yeah, they uh, were on. They didn't have a host because of the strike. Drew Barrymore wouldn't on. cross the picket line, right? But they, but still you know, were they, on. but I don't care about these awards. I'm just saying that. You know, exactly. So, and that's the thing. You don't have to. You don't have to watch. You have that freedom. That's what. But I don't think that they should be restricting people's freedom to make movies the way that they want to make them. They're actually there's, not. They're not saying you author, have to make that movie. That there, there's an author out there uh, who actually wrote a book, has written many novels, many books. Now right. can't get his book published because of again we're talking about race stuff, and because publishers now won't touch it. He's written many novels, numerous novels. You have a subscription to Wall Street Journal? Read the article. Uh, I have. I've already but, read the article. Okay, well, why is this stuff happening? Because we live in a country that has gone absolutely crazy. It's now placate to the minority, and it's ridiculous. Okay, and but, again, on Friday, you're going to be hearing this. Hermano Cayo la ley está rodeada tu casa. Kind of polka beat. People have said that it does. It, does. Kind of, a little polka. it truly does. I subscribe to Stars Network. At least ninety percent of the actors, producers, etc., are black. Should I be refunded some because of the lack of white faces on my screen? Yes. No. You absolutely should. No. Yes. Oh, you should. Why not? Is there a quota where so many white people have to be in a film, no, TV, commercial? Not. No, why not? Of course not. Why, why not? Because you can't actually make a movie like Armistead and show the interior of the slave ship and bitch about the fact that there aren't any white guys helping row the boat because it didn't happen that way. Well, that's just awful. I think that they should have, you know, well, that's ridiculous. You don't believe that, and I don't either. And the I Little don't Mermaid. What we're the, talking stupid. We're not little, five years old. Little Mermaid just came out, or is coming out, whatever. Um, little Mermaid was a white, redheaded girl who now is all of a sudden a, a black woman. Well, I don't remember that. Why, why does that have to change? What we, might as well change the Armistead movie. What difference well, does it make? There should be equal rights for everybody. I want white people to be in the Armistead movie. That's not equal rights. That's stupidity. Oh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, it is. That's like saying there have to be, there have to be like all kinds of, there have to be Asian people in Da Vinci's 
uh, painting in The Last Supper. Uh, what up, Lippley, uh Hamilton? Changed him. And and so thus my point. If anybody can do that, anybody can do that. Well, I don't. Then, I, I told you I didn't disagree with Dreyfus that it, no art should be compromised or created or stuff like that. I'm letting you respond to. I, listen, somebody plays the part differently. That's fine. You know, did you know Chevalier was black before you saw the trailer for the movie? Or I'm sorry, I'm talking about the 1700s. But did you even know who Chevalier was before? The no, I mean, I, again, you man, the trailer. Yeah, you know, I'm talking over my head. I don't watch trailers. I don't see movies a lot, to be honest with you. It's been all over TV. I do notice that in every commercial now, um, there is a mixed minority couple. Like this is the majority Absolutely. of what's going on in this country. Absolutely, and, that, and and that's been going on for 20 years, and that's what started to piss people off about culture wars. You just hit the nail on the head, Seth. That is what started the culture wars. Is the vast majority of 48 states besides New York and California where people went, what the hell is that? Because they'd never seen the amount of interracial stuff going on. And they didn't like it. And they resisted that. And they felt threatened by that. And a lot of the other stuff that has come down the pike is a direct result of those people not being able to handle that stuff. Now, I don't, that's not going way, way back. That's only 20 years. But then I will tack on top of that the point that I made, which is that it's designed by advertising. It's designed to have the effect that it has. And by the time it gets to us, it's too late because they've already done those commercials. Uh, gay people have been in Hollywood forever. Rock Hudson, Jim Neighbors, why no quotas kidding. now? They've been around. They've been around since forever. So why do we see in this country all of a sudden a need they to placate? Around, they were then, around in biblical okay, times. Jesus walked around for the. Oh, Seth, please interrupt. Like that. Like, if we're going to now have quotas and you're going to placate to the minority in this country. Uh, why do it now? It's been around forever. There's no need to do it now. Why do it now? Now isn't when it started. Period. Now it is a clever flashpoint to push people's buttons and deflect them away from going on and dealing with what we really should be dealing with. Because none of the stuff regarding movies, regarding social stuff, regarding culture wars, amounts to a hill of beans. It is a way to get everybody fired up and waste each other's time. There's white people in commercials, like how white people represent smelly ass cream. Yeah, that lady that invented that stuff is like, please. God bless her. I could like to try that. But the whole thing about that advertising is from the beginning, it's been nothing but mind control. That's all it's ever been. That's what it was designed for. And why does why why does it oh, 
it didn't work out great. That thing hasn't played itself out. Budweiser's still, you know, recovering from all kinds of stuff. And everybody that says, I'm not drinking Bud Light, I'm going to get a Coors instead, is still sending the exact same amount of money to the company that owns Anheuser-Busch. No, but they're proving a point to an extent. No, they're not proving shit. They're, well, I mean, I, I they're doing something, and they're not. They're thinking they're like, we're going to show them, really? All you're showing them is you don't know your ass Maholan ground. Well, you have to start somewhere. I, I think that protesting that Bud Light is absolutely since we started thing. this show, which is why, unlike people of less, well, I go ahead and say it. No, say it with less patience and ability to tolerate stuff would have hung up and left by now. I'm not going to do that because I'm in this for reasons that are a hell of a lot more important than even the people that don't understand me get. People that don't understand. Here's the problem with, with, with what There isn't a problem. Right? Go ahead. You talk down to people. You make people think that they're stupid when they have an opinion that's different than yours. Okay, and but can I tell insane. you something? I mean, a even online you do that. I see your discussions with people like Kirk that are online trying to read some of your ridiculous posts that you put up on Facebook, and you talk down to people. And it's insulting. And, and it, really? so you consider and say, yeah, it's beyond insulting. All right, really? But when I hear, when I lay out a serious point and I get a stupid soundbite or a, or a demeaning uh, uh, political slur. Hermano, cayó la ley. Está rodeada tu casa. What, what happened? Uh, you know what happened. And I won't even touch the fact that everybody at the border isn't Mexican. Matter of fact, probably nobody is. And the definition of racism is trying and treating people differently than they deserve to be treated. There's $4 billion of loss that says you're mistaken about Anheuser-Busch. No shit. No, the money went somewhere else. Anheuser-Busch may have, but the same parent company made $4 million more off of Coors. They are shunning all of the brands of Anheuser-Busch. Bud Light is number one, though. We'll see. I want I, 90 days, I want to see that. I want to see the economic statistics from that. So... And you know what makes me laugh? Can I tell you what I get off on? Is all of the people when I said, let's do something and vote with our wallets, everybody said, oh, we can't do that, you socialist bastard. And now that's exactly what they're doing with Bud Light. I <laughs> called for that three weeks before this stuff with Bud Light happened. Now everybody's doing it. When they What'd told you call me. For? I wasn't paying attention. What'd you call for? The vote with our wallets, and Meaning? to teach to teach the big corporations a lesson, and get everybody to agree to not eat at McDonald's and only go to Burger King to prove a point, no matter what the point was. Mine was a hypothetical, and so what happens when this comes along? Kid Rock shoots up a couple of cases in his backyard. A couple other people come out on stage and say it's not the thing to do. How come nobody is bitching now? about celebrities trying to influence people's behavior. 
But my God, if it has something to do with tolerance or open-mindedness or acceptance, oh, those damn Hollywood elites and Bono should keep their mouths shut. They have no business using their position to affect the way people think. The whole... Guys, this is so funny and bizarre. Look at that. That is the Bud Light. That is every single Bud Light stand here at Fenway Park in Boston. Right? Where the Red Sox came... Hermano cayó la ley Está rodeada tu casa. Go ahead. Nobody heard it. You, you mute your mic when you're playing videos. So, go ahead. Yeah, I get that. I really get that. But again, I, I don't know what wild hair you got. But instead of doing anything else, this kind of, you know, Go ahead and tickle the fancy of the six people that keep texting over and over and over. Ha, ha, ha. But I'm not quitting. I mean, you don't have to quit. And I don't even understand what sick, twisted stuff you're getting out of this. Liberals are by nature condescending. Re Gunner. Re I, I agree with him. Rewatch the last 26 minutes of this show. <laughs> And talk about how we've been dealing with things on an equal footing. Liberals are by nature condescending. What do you think that video that we keep playing is doing when you're talking about the issue of immigration? Oh, okay, it's crap if it's De Niro. Yeah, okay. And Jeff Bridges and... Uh... Kirk Douglas. So, you know, and again, again, the more this happens, the more proves my point. We are not getting a single thing done except bitch and moan. And don't forget, since you brought up Kirk, my whole thing was if you took the intellectual high road, which you never do. Yes, you talk I down do. to people. No, and then I you don't claim to be taking the, inner, the the high road. No, it's so weird. It, it, it's beyond strength because I can't deal with attitudes like that. I hate it. Really? I hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Give me an example. And, and you of do it all the fucking time. Give me a you talk give me down to people. How? Even your how? tone of voice. What do you mean? How? Oh, tone of voice. I, you you want to you want to know how many times you put your head in your hands? You've turned beet red. And you brought up Trump 9,000 times just to talk down to people. You right. do it all the time. And you that's passed. what liberals do. That is the uh, liberals by nature are condescending. I see it all the time. Really? Yes. And how many Biden videos have you played in the last three weeks without even telling me they're coming on the air? I, I don't even have a Biden video here. Not a one. I have all of them sitting right in front of me. I'm telling you. So your obsession's okay, but I'm... I said I don't have a Biden video sitting here. Not a one. You want me to go down to... I can play them all that I have listed here. No, It'll but take up you some time. It'd be nice. That's what I'm saying. 
You're right. I don't what have. I'm talking about. I, I don't have a Biden video. I do have this though. I think it's very important, as you have heard from so many incredible leaders, for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present, and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, it but It is the a love future. based on giving and receiving. I mean, I, I'm just getting kind of tired. of Every time that there's a story out there, you, you push the agenda. There, it, it's I awful. I don't have an agenda. Seth, my agenda hasn't been pushed once. My agenda from day one has been both sides are wrong. We have to start over. And by ignoring that and claiming that I'm talking down to everybody and pushing some sort of agenda is just because everybody else refuses to let go of the garbage that they are wasting their time believing in. How can I advance the thing of both sides being wrong and be the only one pushing an agenda? We both just sides. The, oh my God, Hunter Biden made money. <laughs> and nobody has said a damn thing about uh, Kushner or Ivanka. Actually, did you, did, you, did you listen to the podcast? While they were in the White House. Did you listen to the press conference today? When he was at, when Comer was asked that question about uh, Kushner? Did you listen? Did you hear what he said? I at least not. he had a fucking business. At least there was something there and they were transparent about it. And they knew where money was coming from. Back when Carter was in office, they talked about it was a guy still that got money illegal. from Libya. It At was, least it was transparent. It was nothing has illegal. been transparent with this president. But you want to stick up for him, and then you I'm want to sit there sticking up for him. I mean, you just nobody brought up Trump. Well, did you do your work today, Mike, and actually look at the fucking press conference? Did you watch yeah. it? I, I don't think you did. Okay, because you then you that. wouldn't have asked that stupid question. No. No, my point was to bolster the fact that both sides are wrong. Okay, and again, and they you ask the question of Comer. Constantly with no, just one side is. You can't believe that. Can't you believe don't what? believe that. Can't believe what? That only one side is wrong in this country. Oh, absolutely. I believe that there is a side that is pushing an agenda uh, when it comes to mutilating children, when it comes to the border. doesn't have the power to push an agenda. Any more than your side has the power to stop it. Statistics are what statistics are. You know, we're going to talk about the fact that Mother uh, Mother's Day and all those kind of holidays, somebody's pushing an agenda of changing all of those. But you can't deny the statistic of the fact that 30% of kids in this country live in a single-parent household, mostly the mothers, 5% are you know adopted and 20 percent of the other stuff are either interracial or gay couples i didn't do that it doesn't change the definition of a mother or a father i didn't say it did but give credit where credit's due then if you truly believe that and salute the single mothers that are raising their kids and hats off to the gay couples that are adopting kids that need a, f a family instead of an orphanage and are raising kids the right way. They went through the Trump family with a fine-tooth comb and what we got, Russia bupkis. Yeah, well, 
it's still not over. Uh, you do realize. It's still, see, this is what, oh, I, there's Mr. Every, both sides are wrong. It's still not over. Watch what they're going to find. Right. They come out and said all this stuff that Russia was a hoax. You know that. I'm you not know that it's been Russia. shown. I'm talking about Russia. I am not such an asshole. About dude. You really are. I'm talking about you Georgia. Just an asshole. It, it, I mean, it, I, I try to stick up for you. I tried numerous times, and I, I why because six people you just are. I, I got Hermano Cayo la ley está rodeada tu casa. All right, let's call a spade a spade, Seth. I came to you in the hospital. That has nothing to do with the show. That's oh, it sure as hell does, because this whole show was my idea. And I said, let's make history. I said, everybody listening to the radio these days sits at home like a bobblehead because they like what's coming at them. They're not getting discussion. They're not getting both sides. Why don't you and I have the balls to come out and tackle the fact that both sides are wrong? This show was going to be called The Minefield until we ran into problems with somebody else owning the name. Then Billy said, well, Seth, everybody knows who you are. Why don't we call it the Seth Williams show? You're 30 seconds away from being kicked off this show. I'm telling you that right now. You know that, right? But that's neither here nor there. But I'm 30 seconds away. Let's do a show on both sides. What happened? We started doing that. Six people who followed Mike got all over your ass, and you're afraid to tell them in a There's not a goddamn thing that I'm afraid of, Mike. And I swear to God, you open your fucking mouth like that again, I'll toss it off the show so quick, your head will spin. I'm not really? afraid of fucking anything. I believe what I'm telling everybody, and I believe so in the cause. And I, I believe I don't believe in this show. That's for damn sure. Is there a reason that discussing Biden being a bought scumbag has to be retorted with, yeah, but Trump also did? Why only discuss the current issue? Why not only discuss the current issue? Because he can't discuss of the current issue. Of course I can't. No, you can't. Yeah. You go back to the well, 20s. The you re- go back to Trump. You go back to JFK. You go back to Eric. You go back to hating Reagan. Answer the fucking questions. And who was it that said the difference between the conservatives and the liberals are if Hunter Biden is proven to do all of the stuff that he's accused of that most Democrats and most liberals won't say, oh, this is a fucking witch hunt, and they will support him going to jail. Who said that? You or me? I have no idea. I, mean, I, I did. No idea what you're talking I, about. I, time and time and time again, not only do I bring points to this show that I don't care if people don't understand yet, but they're there if you dig for them or you care enough to do something more among facts and not opinion. But when I try to get people and instruct people how to go, I'm talking down to them. Well, I I don't know how to deal with people that just want to believe what they want to believe because it makes them feel good, regardless of whether or not it's true. And I've told you from the beginning, I don't care if we argue every week because argumentation isn't fighting 
argumentation isn't personal. And all of this stuff is an open door for people here in Ohio, which is the other thing that I didn't mention. I said I believed in the concept of this show because it was Northeast Ohio, remember? And there's good common sense folk here. And if there's America being lived that people like to believe is still around, it's here in the Midwest. And I'm doing the show and the benefit for East Palestine because Northeast Ohio per capita is one of the most generous regions in the whole United States. And my belief was if we planted a seed and opened some people's eyes and we got some good suggestions, but no, I got people sitting home just saying, oh, he's a liberal. Did we ever get a cost an analysis on those laser fences? That's and by funny. the way, you dick, uh, the six of us listening here are your audience. I'll put in the dick part for them. I mean, those are the people you're talking to. And that's what you're going to say. Where's your fucking audience? Where's Mr. Comedian's big audience? When are you going to be funny on the show for one? And two, where's your big audience? You bringing anybody to this show? <clears throat> you want to sit here and talk shit about me? Where's your audience? Shit about you. Where's your fucking people? Where are, where's everybody listening to you? I'm not talking shit about you, Seth. I swear to God, man. Points that people don't understand yet. Thank you. It's only been 12 months almost. Yeah. But they'll get there. And we're getting, starting to, and we're talking to people. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm going to come back from this break. going on everybody it is chris aiken back once again with another edition of the new music moment right here on the seth williams show and today i'm going to introduce you to a band that is going to kind of prove the new way of hard rock and heavy metal in the past you guys all know the formula most of you are old enough to remember band would get signed for a zillion dollars they would put out three or four videos that all cost a zillion dollars They'd go out on a tour for two years. They'd play every city 15 times. You would see them. First, you'd see them opening up for whoever was the biggest band at the time. Then the next time they came through, they would be a headliner themselves. That was the formula in the old days. And it was a great formula. It worked for a lot of years. But it is 2023, folks, and that formula does not work anymore. So the band I'm going to introduce you to today is a band that is already highly successful in the modern regard, and yet almost nobody knows their name, which is astounding to me. The band is known as Lansdowne, and I'm sure for most of you, you have no idea who this band is. Um, they've actually been around since 2006, which makes it even more scary that you guys don't know who they are, but someone knows who they are. Because in the streaming circles of the world, they have over 100 million streams, stream plays on their various channels, on their YouTubes and their Spotify's and whatever. 100 million streams. That's a lot of streams, folks, no matter what size band you are. In addition to that, 
These guys are doing the heavily modern way. They're doing it not so much selling their songs to radio and XM and those types of platforms. They're selling to big business. Their music has been featured in like the iRobot uh, commercials and the NFL and MTV commercials. Uh, you know, these brands are picking up the music of Lansdowne and is using it, which has become a highly successful method for this band. Now, anyway, with that all said, Lansdowne wants to get more known for their music themselves instead of being, man, that was a cool song behind that Roomba commercial or whatever. So they are actually putting forth more effort now, more than in the past, to actually sell their new music. Their new album is called Medicine. It's been out, uh, I think it's been out a little over a year now. You know, I think it came out like a year ago, February or March. Um, they are straight up a modern hard rock band that touches on heavy metal, but it's really much more hard rock than heavy metal. Uh, they really are a fantastic band. So um, don't take my word for it, though. Let's just prove it right now. I'll give you a little taste. This is Lansdowne with um, their song Medicine right here on the New Music Moment. All right, that was Lansdowne with the song Medicine from the album of the same name. It has been out for a little while now. Not a ton of time, but a little while. And uh, make sure you check it out, won't you? It's a fantastic album. I definitely give it two thumbs way up. It's a great record. Certainly worth your time. Again, the band is called Lansdowne. Uh, the album is called Medicine. You can check them out at LansdowneMusic.com. And that's L-A-N-S-D-O-W-N-E. Lansdowne, not Lansdowne. Just Lansdowne. So check them out and um, check out all the bands that we feature here on the New Music Moment because I'm trying my best to bring you guys some good ones. Uh, make sure that you check out my stuff over at uh, chrisaken.net. You can catch Chris Aiken Presents with myself and Stephen Piercy's guitarist, Mr. Eric Ferentinos, every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. And, of course, the Classic Metal Show on Saturdays if you like it dirty, okay? That's theclassicmetalshow.com. So for the Seth Williams Show and for the New Music Moment, I have been Chris Aiken. And guess what, folks? I will be again tomorrow. See ya! <laughs> What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? 
Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216-470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Right back here on the Seth Williams Show, and um, I'm going to give Mike the rest of the night off after this text that I received during the break. You flat earth guy, climate change guy, I'm 3-0. Have the courage uh, someday to be the voice that you could be. Um, it's not ever easy to make history. Uh, well, thank you very much, Mike, for the show tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can talk again tomorrow. Uh, until you apologize to me and the audience, have a great one. Um, Sorry, Chris, to put you well. into this, but I'm not going <laughs> to put up with that. I'm not going to put up with insulting the audience. I'm not going to put up with any of that. Uh, I'm not going to put up certainly with those kind of texts. So... I, yeah, I walked into this buzzsaw, didn't I? Jesus. I apologize. And it's nothing <laughs> against Mike. I love Mike as a person. We've been friends for a long time. But that kind of shit and the talking down to uh, to to me, especially, um, and the audience even more so, I'm not going to put up with. It's just not going to happen. It's no. not going to happen here. It's not going to happen on, on this show. I hear you. So until there's an apology... That's it. Well, there you go. Well, let's talk about something else. Let's move. Let's move forward instead of making it just a, a you know, two hour fu fuck over fest. Let's let's move on to something. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just I can't. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. Uh, so I apologize. I thank you for coming on. But hey, I had what? Three minutes of notice. <laughs> well, again, I'm not I'm just 
I don't want to end the show early because it's right. Not, it's, it's only four forty-eight. I'm just not going to do that. But I'm certainly not going to sit here and put up with that kind of garbage. So, mm. um, I'm here for that uh, Casa song loop for the next hour. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit it was catchy, and I don't think that he got it. He called it a video smorgasbord. Uh, that's what's called entertainment. Do you mind, Chris? Hang on. Hermano, cayó la ley. Está rodeada tu casa. The dogs are cute, so. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, all I wanted to do tonight was talk about uh, the the fact that the Academy Awards are putting in these things, these restrictions that people have to you know, <laughs> uh, abide by now to make movies, and whether it's in, include minorities and casts or film crews and everything else. Sure. And I'm not trying to be an ass about it, but I'm not going to sit here and be some bleeding heart and say that everybody has to be catered to. And it turned into a ridiculous thing. And then he had to go personal with it. So when he went personal with me being in the hospital, that's a problem. Well, look, I'll, I'll take it back to the Hollywood angle of it. And there's just yeah. no reason. There's never been a reason ever to dictate art. Because if you dictate art, you're you're just automatically, no matter what you dictate it to be, it doesn't have to be race or whatever. It could be it could be that you dictate that uh, an actual artist only uses this this brand's blue paint or whatever. But no matter what you do, when you di- when you when you limit art, then that's just what you're doing. You're limiting it. You're you're making it so it can't be as good as it can be. And I'm not saying that the things can't be better or worse. Movies can't be better or worse if they're, you know, if there's more or less minorities, whatever. You got to hire the best for the job. It's the same with same with sports. You know, having having like requirements that well you can only have you have to have this many this or that or whatever on the um on on the team, well, you know, that, that, that limits the team from being as good as it could be. I'm not trying to be weird here, but the NBA doesn't require that there's a certain amount of white people that are on the no. floor. And to be honest, as a viewer of uh, the NBA, I don't want to sit there. I don't care who's on the floor. What I care about is the product that's being put forward. Right. And so when it comes to the same thing with film, I don't care who is the videographer. I don't care who is the actor. I care that they put out a good product. Yeah. And I think, you know, this kind of stupid stuff that we're dealing with now is across the country. It's across the board. It's across the board with everything that we're doing. It comes across with the transgender stuff when it comes to advertising and Bud Light. And it, it, we're catering to every little group now for no reason. Right. And, and you know, the interesting thing, and I, I've argued this for a while now with um, with a lot of friends, and I think I've said this to you as well. Um if you get outside of the two coasts and Chicago, if you take Chicago and you take the two coasts out of the mix, this kind of shit isn't going on. There's just not, there's not this overrun of transgender anything here in the Midwest. There's not this overrun of, you know, black hatred here in the Midwest. There's just not, you know, everybody just sort of gets along here and, you know, pretty much everywhere except on, the except where the media is hubbed and the media is the media spins it to make money that's what they do that's yeah, what if, they've always done if you go to new york you go to california those are going to be the hotbeds for just shit that you have to hear yeah. and it's it, it's ridiculous you're right you go to kansas it may not be as bad as it is yeah 
yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's how it's always it's always that's how it's always been because it, and look, everybody needs to take a look inward instead of looking at left or right or you know race baiting or any of that stuff. If you just look inward and say, do I let this media this this stupid box in front of me do I let it influence my life? Therein lies the problem. If you can't say no, then you're a part of the problem. If you've ever if you've ever watched a pizza commercial and then ordered a pizza, you're part of the problem. If you've ever, you know, were looking to buy a car and because you saw, I don't know, you saw Chrysler using a Led Zeppelin song that you like and you bought that Chrysler, you're part of the problem. You're the reason that the left side, uh, the left side of the country and the right side of the country in Chicago have, uh, you know, have such power because you give it to them. You hand it to them, you know, and I, I don't think... I think more and more, you know, I texted it in to try and make this point, but um, the the fact that the MTV Movie Awards got canceled and the fact, you know, and, and there's more points to it. There's the fact that the Grammys get the worst ratings they've ever had ever, ever. Yeah. and the Academy Awards get the worst ratings that they've ever had ever, you know, consistently. It's been consistently down. It's because people are done. People are done with that attitude with the, with Hollywood attitude, with Hollywood perception, common people. Now I would be willing to bet you anything that if you took the ratings in Los Angeles, the Grammy awards would be huge. And if you took it in New York, I would imagine the Grammy awards would be huge or the uh, Academy awards or whatever would be huge ratings because that's the, that's the uh, climate that they play in. But, and, and, yeah. Yeah. And look, when it comes to celebrities, I, I can't give a shit less when a Kid Rock is out there, you know, blowing up yeah. cans of Bud Light. That doesn't affect my my uh, yeah, no thoughts on Bud Light or Anheuser Busch or anything else. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't matter to me. It does matter to me when I have somebody like Robert De Niro that goes on TV during the Oscars or whatever he was on and says "fuck Trump" because. Yeah. That kind of stuff when you're doing influences lots of people. Well, no, not really because nobody's really watching. But I don't like that kind of thing. That's what he was trying to do is influence people. Well, that's what he's trying to do. Kid and Rock that, didn't care. Kid Rock's out there in his backyard right. just blowing up some Bud Light shooting his gun. And Kid Rock has insulated himself from any kind of blowback. He's all self-produced. He's all he's made his money. You know, he's he's a hundred millionaire at least, so he doesn't care about the he money. Care. And you know, and this kind of stuff fuels him making, you know, selling concert tickets. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, his base is the base that would shoot up. That probably took their Bud Lights out back and shot him as well. Right. Anybody that was watching Kid Rock was already doing that to begin with. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it. I mean, look, I'm getting ready to have my first beer of the day right here. It's a, it's a, it's a Miller Light or a light beer by Miller. Am I having a light instead of a core or a um, Bud Light because of um, Kid Rock? No, it's because that's what was in the fridge. Before Kid Rock, you know, it's not, it has nothing to do with celebrity. But then again, I don't, I do not let celebrity influence me at all. To me, celebrity is insulting because you're taking people that are not like me and you're sort of trying to say, well, that's what I want to be. I'm so, I'm so dysfunctional in my own life that I want to be like Paris Hilton or who, you know, and that's, that's garbage. I've never looked up to any celebrity. Yeah, it's, in that it's, kind of it's dumb. Celebrity, had... athlete, any of them. I've had people that I admire, whether it's in a business or something like that, and you know, I admire I, everybody's I, individual I, I, skill. 
Triv, I admired what he did and how he accomplished what he accomplished. Sure. You, I admire what you've accomplished when when it comes to everything that you're involved in. I mean, there are people that I look up to and I say, hey, that's great. And I strive to maybe be like that. But I've never taken my advice from an NBA player or Robert De Niro, of all people. Yeah, well, and and, and it's it's a weird concept right now because the when you see robert de niro out there doing it it's trying it's nothing but pandering to old people that won't change because that's it's it's the same the people that will listen to that kind of bullshit are the same exact people that are still buying people magazine and still watching entertainment tonight and you know so they pander to that and then anybody that listens to these dumb influencers that are 22 and logan paul or whatever they're catering to the young kids that just don't want to work and just want, they see a Logan Paul and they're like, this guy sits home and plays on YouTube and he makes millions. So they're, they're that's how they pander. The, the, the real proof in the pudding though, is if you follow it or not, and you really have to just kind of ignore it. And I think and, that that comes down to the family though. That comes back to, mm-hmm. you know, when you got a kid that's on TikTok all the time, I'm on TikTok all the time because there's a variety of things to look at. Sure. And so, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I mean, there are a lot of influences out there that, you know, could influence children to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I don't think you get rid of social media because of that. I think you have to be a parent. You have to yeah. make sure your kids understand what is right and what is wrong. Well, and the unfortunate thing is that genie is out of the bottle. You know, there's, there's too many parents now that have never been parent that have never parented their kids. You know, and that's a big, 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 big problem in today's world. You know, you take a, I don't know, a 30-year-old that has a kid right now that's two years old. That that 30-year-old is so far removed from discipline in their kid and standing up to a school and saying, don't be telling my, telling my son or daughter that. Or, you know, or not parenting by saying, here, here's an iPad, go. You know, yeah. leave me alone because I'm, I'm over here watching. Uh, I'm binge watching House of Cards, so don't bother me. Go play on your iPad. <laughs> you know, there, there's that thirty year old. That's what they know. They don't know what we do. They didn't. They didn't grow up having their dad smack them in the back of the head and say, "Hey, don't be a dumbass." You know, and that's that's a big part of the problem. Is the the we are now into the next we're, we are full on into the next generation of people that are that do not have the discipline that we grew up with you know and i'm not saying that whacking your kids around is the right thing at all but you know what there were definitely times that a good smack by my dad woke me up look my daughter my wife and i and daughter were driving in the car the other day and we got on this topic exactly because uh, saying something to my kid and she was in the back seat she said what are you gonna do spank me i said maybe we should have when you were younger (laughs) because you know what that's what my wife grew up with was parents that if you did something you found out about it yeah you found out you knew that you did something wrong Mm -hmm. and now they don't have that kind of discipline now you're afraid that if you discipline your child they're going to go to jail yeah Um, and and these kids will threaten that well they they do dude i'll i'll give you an an exact exact example in my life on something that I did that well, I'm not super happy or proud about, but it happened. So in 1980, and again, now I sound like Mike, I'm going back to the eighties, <laughs> but uh, in 1987, 
I I was um I I was at a nickel beer night at Filthy McNasty's in Kent. And when I was there, long story short, we we got me and my two friends got involved in a big ass brawl, like a full on fight. And back then where Filthy's was, there was like a neighborhood right behind it. Yeah. So we went tearing back through the neighborhood, you know, running. And as I was running, a cop jumped out and tried to grab me. And I punched him in the face. Just boom, hit him in the face and kept on running. And then I went and tried to hide in a car. You're in a back of a pickup truck, rather. And within 10 minutes, I got nabbed, right? And so when they nabbed me, they handcuffed me. They threw me over the back of a, of a, the police car or, you know, the, the hood, rather, of yeah. the police car. And they beat the living shit out of me. Absolutely beat me. I mean, they batoned me so badly in the face, in the arms, you know, so bad that the next day I went to court the next day, my eye, my one eye was completely shut. The other one was just, I could barely like, almost like you're squinting. That's all I could see. And I couldn't straighten. I'm standing in court like this because I couldn't straighten my arms out because they had beaten this part of my arm so bad with the batons. And I was, whenever I tell people that story, I always get hit with the answer of, well, why didn't you sue the city? And it's like, why would I sue the city? I'm the one that acted up. Right. (laughs) I, I was the one that was an ass. I shouldn't have hit a cop, but I did. And they tuned me up. And am I saying that they were right? No. Am I saying I was right? No. But their response was pretty accurate to what I earned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are consequences sometimes to actions. Yeah, uh, I found that out tonight. Um, I grew up with a wooden spoon. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude, how many of us at our age, and, and Seth, this might even be a little older than your age, but when I was in high school and all that stuff, every room when you walked into the into the the room and this is high school a paddle had a paddle yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the paddles were all painted and they had names on them you know the enforcer or whatever on the paddle but the teachers made it very clear that if you don't do what you're told you're gonna get your ass smacked and right. that that is gone now now it's you know i i was i saw a video yesterday of a a teacher that took a student's phone because the student was taking a test and the student kept looking at their phone and typing something on their phone. The teacher took the phone from the student and the student maced the teacher. And the parents came in to sue this teacher. The parents came in to sue the teacher that the, because the teacher had taken her property. Yeah. And that's the kind of society that we live in. These kids are kind of out of control. When you talk about, a lot of the violence and stuff that goes on in some of these cities, a lot of it is younger kids mm-hmm. that think that they can do whatever they want. It's younger kids that think they can just go into stores and steal. Yeah. And they don't have the concept of that guns do kill people. It's not the gun that's killing people. It's these kids that are doing it. Well, and even then, the stealing. I'm going to stop you right there with the yeah. stealing. What, did you ever steal anything as a little kid? Eight, as nine, ten. Kid, yeah. I probably stole a button from a store. But you never got in trouble. I mean, you never got no. caught by your parents. No, I never did anything. Well, I definitely did. I, I still remember I stole it from a local Lawson's in Streetsboro, and I stole um, a couple packs of uh, Star Wars trading cards. Remember the old Star Wars trading cards that they had? Yes, I do. I stole like two packs of those, and I came home, and my mom caught me with them. 
You know what my mom did? She dragged me back to Lawson's and made me return them and made me admit to it and made me do whatever the store owner wanted me to do. You know, which was I had to sweep and sweep and mop the floors for like a week at the Lawson's. You know, but the parents were on our parents. They would definitely take our side if something bad happened. But if we were fucking up, that was it. Then they then then you answered for it. Now and that day is done. I have to to go back a little. I did try to steal something one time. I must have been like 14, 15 years old, and we mm-hmm. lived in Cleveland Heights, and I. I didn't. Obviously, I wasn't driving it, so I had to walk maybe like a mile to get to this convenience store. Sure. And I, I mean, we're talking like uphill and snow both mm-hmm. ways to get to this convenience store. And when I got there, I saw back in the day they had those racks, those magazines, and they were like in plastic bags. It was right. like the porn magazines. And I was like 14 or 15 years old. I was like, I got to get one of these magazines. But I was too young to buy it. Sure. So I stuffed these porn magazines down <laughs> my pants. <laughs> and then I walked up to the counter pretending to buy like a drink or something like that and some gum. Sure. And the woman behind the counter goes, uh, there's something hanging out of your pants. And I looked <laughs> down and like one of the magazines had fell down to my shoe Whoops. and the pages were sticking out. <laughs> and she looked at me and she's like, all right, all right. <laughs> put it back. And she let right. me go, and everything was fine. But that was the only time I ever tried to steal something. Sure. And got caught horribly. Not only did I get caught stealing, but then it was embarrassing that I'm trying to steal a porn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's even worse. Well, dude, I can I can beat that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, it wasn't porn, but I was brilliant enough. This is my senior year in high school. This is so stupid. I I went at remember Gold Circle. Remember the Gold Circle restaurant or um, department stores? Do you remember? Do you remember Gold Circle? Yes. I went to, there was a gold circle in Kent. I, I went down to this Kent gold circle and decided I was going to steal a CD. And I, and that was back in the day when they put them in the cardboard boxes. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. and so I took a CD. I still remember it was uh ZZ top afterburner. I still remember what it was <laughs> stuffed it in my pants, walked around the store, trying to make sure nobody was, was going to catch me, got to the door. And of course the store detective got me. You know, so store detective brings me in the office. He's like, give me your parents' phone number. And I was like, okay. Give them my parents' phone number. They call my mom and dad. My mom and dad show up just raging angry, as you could imagine. Right. And the store detective's like, okay, you're going to have to sign some papers to take him with you. We're not going to press charges. And I just remember my mom going, just file the charges. That was that was what my mom said right. to the store. But the, my mom had no sympathy for me, nor should she have. She she absolutely should not have, and she didn't. She she literally looked at the store detective and said, "Take him, do whatever you got to yeah. do." You know, I was I I screwed up. I had to I had to face the consequences for it. But see, here's the problem with today mm-hmm. is that. You have parents that are listening to a four-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old yeah. telling them what gender they want to be. Mm-hmm. And then they're changing their gender for them. They're giving them puberty yeah. blockers. They're mutilating children. Mm-hmm. And so there is no parenting anymore. Well, there's the not. parents should look at that child and say, no, yeah. you got to grow up and figure out who you want to be. Well, that, that that's the harder lesson. That, look, and again, that goes back to what I was saying about the young parents today. The young parents today have no training in their own life to be the bad guy. 
you know, they don't want to be, they don't want to truly be parents. Sometimes you got to spend, look, I've got three, three grown adult kids now. They're all in their thirties. Yeah. And I would say if you took, if you took the time that they said they hated me and you added them all up, that was probably about four solid years of the 18 years that, that, that I, that me and my, my ex were, uh, were raising them that they hated one or two of us. It was probably four solid years worth of time because that was part of the game was that, no, you can't, you know, you can't do this. Or I remember one time my son and his friend were out throwing, um, throwing dirt clods at cars, you know, as they drove up and down the street. And I found out about it and we, you know, we punched them hard. We, we dropped the hammer and the grounding and the game video games and all that stuff went away. And, you know, and I made him do work around the house endlessly. And I can just remember my son, Zach, being like, I, I hate you. I hate you. I can't wait to leave. I hate you. And I was like, okay, you know, fine. Fair enough. And he was mad for months, but he was mad for months. That's just the way it went. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, problem today is the lack of maturity in the parents themselves. That, that's true, too. We, well, that's kind of what It's a saying. different generation. It's a different generation of kids now that are having kids. Yeah. And I, I think it's a... I think were they were they too pampered to begin with? Is that the problem? Were they? Well, they haven't been raised tough. They have not. I mean, they don't have. Dude, a thirty-year-old today was raised by a fifty-year-old today. Most fifty-year-old todays are right at that change point. Are right at the point when when you couldn't discipline anymore. When the you know if you spanked your kid, you had to worry about your kid making the call to whoever. You know, I mean, that's, that's, if you look at just the timeline of it, it makes sense that, you know, and I always say this about my, and I, and I consider that my generation, cause I'm 54. My generation did a terrible job raising our kids. Everything that we, that we thought was important to raising our kids was, um, was not pushed down. And I mean, even small things, appreciation of art being one of them, you know, look, yeah. look at how. I mean, your your daughter's what, 16, 17? Yep, 16. 16. She doesn't appreciate music the way you did. No. Because she's never held it in her hand. She's never had to plunk down $18 and hold it in her hand and and be like, man, I earned this, so I'm going to keep it, and I'm going to celebrate it, and I'm going to read every word of the liner notes, and I'm going to I'm gonna grow with it. Yeah, you know, that, push and download. Yeah, well, and, and same with movies. Dude, Whatever your favorite movies are, whatever they are, I guarantee you, you've watched them 50 times and you probably own them on a DVD or a videotape or whatever. Right. right? Yep. Today's kid, they don't even know that they don't have any favorite movies because why? Because it's just all streaming and it's like, eh, well, I'll just watch it if I want to. Luckily, I I have a daughter that's like kind of an old soul. So she's in all this stuff and you know, sure. that kind of thing. So. You know, we're trying to raise her with an appreciation for that kind of stuff, but it's true. But it also goes back to even homework in school today. Schools are mm-hmm. not teaching them the way that they taught us. You don't have to learn how to write cursive anymore. Right. You don't have to. They don't even do homework on paper anymore. Right. There was something to be said for us taking books home, having to go through the books, read mm-hmm. the books, write a paper on it, have a worksheet to turn in the next day, or else you got in trouble. Yeah. Now well, these and, kids and, are doing it on, on computers and they're able to even get it done before they leave school. And and, and I'm going to even pull back or, or add to that. 
there was something to be learned about being tough and being accountable to actually not having your homework done and having to face that. Yes. You know, you had to, you had to, teacher would go around collecting the papers. Yes. And then you had to say, I don't have it, Mr. Motts. You know, I, I don't have my math homework. You had to, you had to look him in the eye in front of 30 people and say, yeah, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And that, that a, it, it created two things as a, as res, it created responsibility because you sure didn't want to do that too often. You know, you just didn't want 30 kids in the class to be looking at you and pointing at you saying, look at that dummy. He didn't do his homework. And B, it, it made you when you had to had to deal with some tough interaction, it made you have to do it. You couldn't just dodge it. Now you could just say, oh, you, know, you don't have to say anything. I don't know what happened. I, I thought I submitted it. Right. I don't know what happened. <laughs> There's, there is no accountability. Anymore. None. Or what they do is they just let you make it up. I mean, I can't count mm -hmm. how many times. You know, I've heard stories about kids at schools these days that are able to make up all their homework, make up tests. It's open book sure. tests. It's just not the same. They're, they're, no. They're raising a different child. And the problem is schools now think that they're in charge of raising child. Well, they, they do, and they do a terrible job at it, and they should at least admit to that. But I remember when I was going, when my one of my son's um, – final um, parent-teacher conferences that we went to. And the teacher said to me, and I'll never forget this because I couldn't believe I was hearing this. The teacher said to me, I really, I really appreciate the fact that Michael doesn't sleep in class. And I was <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's a, that's a, that's a good quality right. that my, that my kid doesn't sleep, sleep in doesn't class. Sleep. You know, I was like, I was like, what's going on in the class that that's something that you're celebrating? Right. You know, it's crazy. Um, we got a lot of texts to get to. We can get to them in a few okay. minutes, but we got Tony Masaccio on. Oh, good. Um, let's take a quick break real quick, and then we'll go to Tony. How about that? Yeah, sounds we'll good to me. Let him get set up. So we'll sure. be right back. Hang on. Hey, it's Seth from Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center right next to Big Lots. You got to check out Mario, man. Great guy, does a lot for charities, but can perform miracles with hair. He even made me look clean cut. Does my hair, does a great job. Love talking to the guy while I'm sitting there. It's a great place to go local business. You got to go to Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Mario's Barbershop in Parma, 7526 Broadview Road. Again, in Parma, Pleasant Valley Shopping Center, right next to Big Lots. Or give them a call, 216-520-1977. That's 216-520-1977, Mario's Barbershop in Parma. Trust Joe's Lakewood Computer at 14035 Madison in Lakewood. They have over 30 years of professional service handling laptop and desktop repair services, virus removal, and data migration, and much more. You can trust them with hardware updates to your computer's memory and hard drive. Call 216-651-3880. Whether you need a simple Windows install or you're interested in the latest computers for gaming, call Joe's Lakewood Computer at 216-651-3880.
This is Tim Elkhorn, radio voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers for attorney Will Spiegelberg. Will Spiegelberg is not only a name you know, he's someone you can trust as your attorney no matter the circumstance. Will Spiegelberg is an attorney you can always count on. Will Spiegelberg is the attorney you should contact for all your legal work. When you need an attorney, call Will Spiegelberg at 216-233-4240. Attorney Will Spiegelberg, a great teammate. 216-233-4240. Right back here on the uh, Seth Williams Show. Chris Aiken in right now. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Sure, no problem. Um, Again, we got some text I'll get to in just a minute, but I I can't see Tony, so I'm not going to go to Tony. You don't want to go to the black screen? (laughs) I don't want to go to that black screen. We'll we'll see if he uh, gets it back. Um. Not tough, Chris. Normal. I j- lost a good friend years ago because he let his kid run wild, and I didn't let mine. My buddy and his wife just wanted to party and not be bothered. Yeah, that's what goes on a lot. I hate to say that, but that's <laughs> the truth. Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I haven't been guilty of that in the past, to be honest. I mean, you know, there were times where I was sitting on the couch, and you're like, all right, just go play with the phone. Yeah, <laughs> I, we're all guilty of it. Look, day-to-day life is tiring. You know, I mean, we're all guilty. You know, our parents did it too sometimes. I can remember times like, you know, again, I lived in a, I don't want to say a strict house, but a, we had, we definitely had rules. And, you know, we had times that we were allowed to be on, like, watch TV and not watch TV or play our, back then, our Atari or whatever. (laughs) We had times that we were allowed to do that. And I can certainly remember times after my dad had a rough day at work or whatever and was in a, was in a shitty mood when he got home. And my, my mom and, or, or my dad would be like, uh, you and Jason, just go play Atari for a while. You know, they wanted us out of the room so that they could, so that they could unwind and, you know, have a drink or two and, and relax. But, right. you know, I mean, but for the most part, the, our generation didn't do that. It was not a, it was not a consistent, um, right. it was not a consistent way of, of parenting. Uh, let's see what happens with Tony on this one. What All do right. you say? We're, we're gambling here. <laughs> Tony Massaggio. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, but I see your hand. Okay, wait. Hold on one second. I'm flipping the camera here. Give me one second. <laughs> All right. There you go. The hey. There you are. All right, I lost my volume. And you lost your picture. <laughs> he's he's, he's, uh, he's having a good time. Yeah, Tony's got to figure out this whole internet thing. It's a great <laughs> segment, but apparently, Little Italy has very little internet connection. Right. Hold on, guys. You hear? You see me? Yes. yes. All right. We're gonna try it this way. My my pods aren't working here. So, guys, I am here live at La Dolce Vita in the heart of Little Italy. They've been here. For 34 years since 1989. Terry Tarantino is the owner. He's been here ever since the beginning. I just got to show you how cool this bar is. It's a great bar. Can you see it? Oh, yeah, we see it. Look at this. I've been drinking so much, I see Jesus. <laughs> I have to say, when I see that alcohol, Chris, it kind of makes me miss a little bit of it. But, uh... <laughs> nice. Apparently, we're just going to watch Tony walk around. That's okay. 
So, guys, let me just show you this food that's in front of me. All right. Got the Ooh. chicken with pasta, the Greco pizza, Terry Tarantino's famous tomato salad, polenta with Italian, um, Italian sausage, right, Terry? Yep. This is our friend, Terry Tarantino. Hey, Terry. How are you doing? Terry, hey, why don't you just give them a little, little quick history of this restaurant that you've been with for so long? We've been here since 1989. We've been doing live opera uh, for 31 years now. And the live opera is going really strong. And we, we keep it raw here. We have fabulous tomatoes, always vine ripe. And polenta, which is gluten free. And we have some chicken parmesan. Keep it simple, keep it raw, keep it Italian and food and wine and culture. Nice. Um, our next opera is the 22nd of May. If you've never been here for our live opera, it's five courses of uh, food with uh, four sets of opera and musical theater. It's $60 per person. Nobody leaves hungry. Uh, wow. Soul and stomach are all full. <laughs> and guys, you can go to ladolcevita.com for all the information, when they're open, all their different events. And of course, August 15th is the Feast of the Assumption, which is ladolcevita.com. So again, August 15th is the ultimate here, where it all starts right here on the corner of Murray Hill and Mayfield Road. A hundred thousand people will walk through these doors. Is that on a Tuesday this year? Tom? It's on a, it starts on a Wednesday. Oh, it does. Yeah, so it's five days. It goes actually, I think, four days. It'll go actually Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Wednesday will be the setup. Okay. Anyways, you can look in the calendar. The August fifteenth is the end. Guess what? We're gonna gonna, this is this is two Italians arguing. Oh, no, this no, is no, absolutely no, wonderful. No, no, You're gonna mess up the whole city. Starts on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday this year. Okay. It always has to end on the 15th. It always ends Saturday, on the 15th. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday this year. Excellent. Which the Feast of the Assumption is when Mary died and she was assumed right. to heaven. And a lot of these people, after they're drinking and eating here, are going to follow her. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, guys, this is right in the heart. For a lot of people who have never been to Little Italy, this is, a, and again, it's a great place. It's a wonderful destination where parking is, of course, a minimum. So take Uber, take Lyft. It's very easy to get to. It's highway close there. You can park behind the church. You can park behind the church. And, of course, now you have an Opportunity Boulevard, which will get you everywhere right in this area. Which is really cool. Yeah, which is really cool. Tom, you're changing the name of everything. <laughs> <laughs> So again, guys, with Dolce Vita, we started off here with a couple starters, which I have the opera polenta. My mom used to make polenta, which is absolutely delicious. So it's a corn meal with sauce and sausage 
Oh my God, this is absolutely oh, delicious. I am going to have a little taste. So this is spinach and artichokes on the pizza. Oh, that looks it's a good. nice flat bread. Seth, have you ever been to Little Italy? Uh, yes, I have. I love that area. You gotta come. Gotta check that restaurant. I've never checked out that restaurant. I'm check that place out. So the feast is gonna be 129 years old, Terry. I think it's 129, 130 years old. I'm trying to keep up with the vocabulary. I can't do that. Anyways, La Dolce Vita means the sweet life. Terry started off years ago as a landscaper and a horticulturist. He went to Ohio State, so when you walk in this place, you see plants everywhere. Outside, when the summer's here, he has plants throughout the entire court of this restaurant. It's really a great destination. And our windows are very clean. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, real quick, I know I don't have my volume here because my pods are gone, but you can go again to La Dolce Vita, CLE.com for all the information. And you can always see me on, or actually hear me, on Flashpoint 1490 WERE every Saturday morning. And guys, I got my co-worker here, Tito. <laughs> Enjoy the evening. Thanks, Tony. I'll see you, Tony. One more thing. I got I got his famous, this, look at this right here, which is Tiramisu. So who is the famous wealthy woman who said, let them eat cake? Let them eat cake. Was it Marie Antoinette? Was it Catherine the Great? Or was it Jenny Craig? Tony <laughs> Masasha reporting live in Little Italy for the Seth Williams show. Everybody knows Tony. Flashpoint, I'm sorry, Flashpoint 1490 WRE. I'm so used to saying this. <laughs> Guys, I'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Hi, Tony. Tony. There you go. You look fantastic, man. Yeah. I will say this, though. I said it at the beginning of the show. I'm going to say it again. Might be the last time we see him at an Italian restaurant. Who, Tony? Yeah. Oh yeah, because of the we, we might have to might have to get him at what the local Taco Bell or something. Yes. Yeah, so come <laughs> Friday, it's going to be all Mexican. La Casa <laughs> something every week with Tony. Sorry, I, I was instructed because apparently I don't follow the news that it's not only Mexican people crossing the border. I understand they're coming from South America, they're coming from Central America, they're coming from everywhere. I understand it's a joke. Um, well, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> hey, wait, hang on. Hermano Cayo, la ley está rodeada tu casa. I find that kind of catchy. Yeah. It's, it's got that <laughs> Cleveland feel to it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of a polka version of the new national anthem exactly <laughs> <laughs> nice what better way though to to uh spend the uh the assumption of mary eating italian food i wonder how that happened like uh, hey don't complain let's let let's let's not bring reality into it and have some some jackass go down there and go this is not historically accurate <laughs> i mean it's, it's good food though i mean have you ever yeah, gone to something i have for the feast i have it's amazing because, I mean, for me, it's a little bit too much. Not the food or anything, but there's so many people. Yeah, there, there, there's too many people now. I mean, I went when I was, like, 30, when I was still, like, fine to be part of a crowd. 
Now yeah. it's like, now it's like, yeah, you guys go do that. I'm going to go to some other city and just sit down and relax. <laughs> yeah. Like me and my current situation now. Yeah. The you don't leg, do I don't know if it's going to be a good thing. One, a giant hill there. Right. Might be an issue. But then two, the, uh, the crowd would be something else. Standing around just to get in, to get a seat at a, at a, at a table. Yeah, That's a big I, hassle too. No. I went down there just cause, uh, my wife wanted something from one of the restaurants down there, and so sure. we went down to get some to-go food. And she was driving, obviously. Right. And down there, man, finding a place to park is like finding a winning lottery ticket. I mean, it's right. almost impossible. And so she let me out on this one of these side roads, and I had to walk down this road. Well, it's like cobblestone or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, yeah. Bricks and stuff. And trying to walk down this road with his leg like this and trying to find this restaurant and get into the restaurant. Then there were like 8,000 people inside. Sure. It was uh, certainly a challenge, but. Um, <laughs> well, you we'll don't want to do that. You don't want to. Dude, that's one of those times. I know you don't want to hear this, but that's one of those times you'd be okay to jump in the chair. I guess. Yeah. Use the chair when I need to. Yeah, exactly. And plus, people get the hell out of the way for you. Yeah. Most of the time, sometimes well, they, they will more than they will more than with the artificial leg. That's true. With the artificial leg, they're like, "Ah, hey, you're getting around. Fuck it." You know. <laughs> I'm supposed to be getting a new one on Tuesday. New artificial leg. Yes. All right. And the one that I have now is quite bulky. Right. It's large. So you're um, getting a, a what? A thinner leg. It's a thinner leg, and like right now, the way this works, and then I'll get off of it, but. It, the way that this thing works is that it, it gives you this big, huge socket to right. start out with, like at the top of where my the rest of my leg goes into. Sure. Well, back when I got out of the hospital and got this leg, it was very big. My leg was mm-hmm. swollen and everything else from surgeries and all that kind of stuff. Well, as time goes on, it shrinks. Right. And so you keep having to add like socks and stuff to keep your leg inside of the socket. Right. Well, when I was in the hospital, my therapist said you're going to be probably wearing like 15 layers of socks before they're going to give you a new leg. Okay. Well, I'm up to 40. 40? Wow. 40 layers of socks. Jeez. <clears throat> and so it's a very heavy leg. <laughs> right. And, uh, and probably hot. And very hot. Yeah. And so finally, I'm going to be getting this new one. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's that's progress, man. Except it's $3,000. Oof. That insurance does not cover. Why does insurance not cover that? Uh, it's considered not like medical. What, being able to move? It's like equipment. Like it, it doesn't cover equipment. It'll you know, cover like your medicine, that kind of thing. But the insurance that I have currently uh, won't cover medical equipment. That's ridiculous. Uh, so that means the leg won't be covered. That's just stupid. So we grand. That's, that's, you know. I guess they don't cover glasses either, but you know, most insurances, I guess, don't cover eye care either. Same, same type of principle, which is dumb. You got to be able to see, you got to be able to get around. You would think that there's something that would be covered. Yeah. You would think, you know, that's meanwhile, meanwhile, if you just start eating again, then you can just get fat and then they'll, then they'll cover your, your medication or your your surgery to have gastric, (laughs) gastric bypass or whatever. So uh, I'm going to wrap things up just because um, I got to go pick up some medicine, actually. Okay. At the uh, the pharmacy. I thank you for coming on tonight. Sure. No problem. Um, happy Mother's Day to all. Yes. yes. 
Um, we were going to talk about, but Viagra is covered. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't used. I'm well. I'll find out. Let me. Uh, I'll put in a prescription. Yeah. <laughs> My Viagra is Pornhub. So there you go. <laughs> um, do you want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day? Out there, Natalie is listening. Definitely happy Mother's Day to you. Sure. Sandy, who's listening, happy Mother's Day, Sandy. Um, I know that Sandy's going up to see her son, I think, in Michigan uh, this weekend. So good cool. luck. Have a safe trip. Yeah. And your mother, happy Mother's yes, Day. I will let her know. Um, I lost my mom 17 years ago. Ouch. So you were young. You were young huh? when that happened. Oof, that's, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, that's I, I, I lost my dad 10. And it's still an open wound. I don't think it ever stops being an open wound, does it? No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And, you know, both my grandmothers are, are gone. Yeah. So, like Mother's Day for me is uh, spending it with my uh, my lovely wife, who is a fantastic mother. So happy well, Mother's Day to her. Well, happy Mommy's Day to Heather. I hope it goes well. Go have some fun. Sandy has arrived. So thank you for coming on tonight. We'll see what happens in the uh, the coming days. Right. Uh, thanks, Chris. Good show, Seth. Keep us posted with the leg. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We'll see what happens. We'll see what the show entails on Monday. All right. Uh, thank you again, and have a great weekend, everybody. And God willing, talk to you then. See ya. Thanks.